Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly, their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek, to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. This is Paul. Welcome again to another exciting episode of uh, Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. And, uh, you know, I, I can't help saying it, Paul. It's just so exciting to be all Star Trek-y. It's almost as exciting as getting my new bathroom. Oh, well, I, I mean, I, I kind of feel like we're setting up the audience for disappointment when we're telling them this is going to be an exciting episode. Oh, no, it's an exciting episode. Oh, OK. Brace you. Well, and, you know, we're doing my bathroom remodel. Uh, Paul, you know, <laughs> this is riveting right now. It is. It's riveting discussion and, and, and Star Trek appropriate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the new bathtub came in and it is gigantic. So Paul, next time you come over, we can be bathtub buddies. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'll make sure that you've got your rubber duck. I've got my rubber duck and, uh, we can, we can, we can take a nice hot soapy bathtub together. I, I feel like this is a way to alienate our audience early. <laughs> because I, I mean, nobody, these are Star Trek fans. I need a rubber enterprise. Okay. 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 You can have your, you can have your rubber enterprise and you know, I guess I'll have Spock or something. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gosh. I guess we can do that. Rubber I guess duckies. that's certain. I guess that's a way to go. No one's going to listen to this podcast after that rubber ducky thing. Well, Maybe if they're not excited about opening up my new bathtub, maybe they'll be excited about participating in the new Star Trek missions crate. Have you seen that? I have not. Loot Crate's got a Star Trek-themed mission crate that's going to come out like every other month. I think November 15th is when the registration for the first uh, mission crate uh, ends. You know, I, we, we, we talked about Loot Crate a lot on the Funny Book show and, you know, I got kind of fed up with it because it seemed like every other box was, you know, you know had a whole bunch of stuff I didn't uh, want. But, you know, I'm kind of thinking it's all Star Trek. I, you know, what would there be in there that I wouldn't want? Right. So uh, other than perhaps episodes of Enterprise. Oh, no. <laughs> but uh, uh, the first one's coming out and they've already announced that there is a Locutus figure, an exclusive Locutus figure. In that uh, crate, so. Locutus figure produced by whom? Um, it's it's. Uh, let me see if it says. I'm not sure it's if not it a says Funko thing. It's it's not a Funko pop. Okay. It's not a Funko pop. It it, it looks it looks less fun. Yeah. Um, Perhaps it'll but, include a uh, a CBS All Access membership, good for December, the one month that Star <laughs> Trek Discovery is not playing. Yeah, it's got a picture of it, and it looks like a fairly accurate uh, Jean-Luc Picard as uh, Locutus. And it, all it says is exclusive Locutus of Borg figure in this crate. So you're going for it? Yeah, I've already, I signed up before I even knew the Locutus figure was in there. When does it? Uh, when does the box close? Um, it closes November 15th. 
Okay, so you have time if you listen to this podcast to sign up for it. Should you be interested in that? Yeah. And we're not paid by them. I wish we were. No, not at all. Not at I, all. I mean, but, no, no. Don't get me wrong. If you're listening, we we we're okay with it. <laughs> we would welcome a sponsor. Yes. Sure. <laughs> but uh, lootcrate.com is the place to go if you're interested. I yeah, I'm super excited about it. There's going to be uh, between four and six items in each box. Uh, valued at uh, sixty five dollars or so. So, uh, and anyway, what's the price point? Uh, you, you see, Paul, you ask all the hard questions. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uno momento. It's uh, thirty nine ninety nine. Okay, okay. So, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned this this box called Star Trek Missions, right? Now, I'm not trying to start something here. Are you trying to start something, Paul? I'm not. Feels like you're starting something. <laughs> I, I want to be starting something. Um. So I was out of curiosity, you know, looking on the, the interwebs today, and um, I noticed – I went to ReadPop. You know, we've got a pretty good relationship with ReadPop at uh, IOM Geek. They, we've we've attended multiple ReadPop events, including Star Wars Celebration, Star Trek Missions, um, and, and multiple Star, Tre- Star Wars Celebrations, and, I should say. And provided some pretty intense coverage, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we have a very good working relationship with them. They are also the, the team responsible for putting on New York Comic Con. If you listen to our other podcast, Funny Books with Aaron and Polly, you will know that we are we are talking about going to New York Comic Con in 2018. So I was just curious, like, hey, when can I start signing up for press registration? I know it's not for another year, but just thought I'd check into it. The, the answer is not yet. However... Um, looking at the ReadPop site, I was like, oh, let me see what other conventions ReadPop puts on, given our we do have a, uh, a relationship with them. And it lists Star Trek Mission New York again. As oh, really? TED when? 2018. Oh, really? Which I thought was interesting. Now, I say I'm not trying to start something because, it, you know, it could just be a placeholder. But I find it odd that they would have a, a TBD 2018. Perhaps it is a biennial convention uh, much like Star Wars Celebration is now turning into, you know, Star Star Wars Celebration they announced is going to be every other year now instead of every year. Perhaps Star Trek Missions was always intended to be. It seems odd. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I guess given the, the, the concern about when is Star Trek Discovery actually going to be released. But now that Star Trek Discovery is out, it's doing well. We have a Star Trek 50th uh, or Star Trek movie supposedly in the works. <laughs> It hasn't um, been announced. Hasn't, hasn't been announced. Hasn't been announced. You know, there, there's also rumors of a Star Trek ride coming to Universal Studios Orlando. Um, but, you know, with with over the next year, we may see some of these things officially announced. And maybe well, and, maybe we'll get a Star Trek mission to New York next year. I don't know. Well, and some kind of Wrath of Khan spinoff with uh, our, 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 our good friend Nicholas Meyer. Oh, that's right. I forgot about the Wrath of Khan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, you know. I don't think it was planned to be every other year because I remember a lot of people were talking about, you know, looking forward to next year. Um, and then next year didn't happen. And I think it was because the attendance was not what they had hoped it would be. But in all fairness, the convention wasn't what it should have been. Yeah, the um, convention wasn't all we were hoping it was going to be. Yeah, I don't get me wrong. I had a blast oh, yeah. at uh, Mission New York, but the the dealer room was nothing at all what it should have been. Um, and, you know, one of the big problems with it is that it's a CBS owned convention. And so they were only allowing CBS branded materials there. Oh, good point. So, good point. so all that cool stuff that you like, the, 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 the homemade stuff, the deviant stuff uh, that you find, your know, random pirated stuff, you weren't getting any of that. You know, it was all 
official CBS licensed property, and thus the dealer room was rather scant. And that was disappointing. And you make a fair point because so even though a new Star Trek film may be in the works, I doubt that that would be represented at this convention. However, we may have, like, to my point, a Star Trek Discovery cast, which was not in existence when the last Star Trek mission occurred. Uh, They only had a promo reel um, and Brian Fuller when he was still on the show. Um, you know, and perhaps this con thing, you, I mean, you make a point there, 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 there may be, uh, there may be some Star Trek in our future. Um, you know, we, we did have a blast. So I, 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 I'm, I will say, you know, at some conventions, it's all about the dealer room and less about the, the, the presentations or panels. Wow. Right. You, with all the conventions you've, I've been to, um, <laughs> but I would say that the strength of Star Trek Mission New York was in its panels. We had a blast in all the panels that we went to. Oh, very yeah. informative. Even the smallest panels like the IDW comics one um, were all very informative and fun. So I would be, I would be interested depending on the guest list, depending on the activities announced uh, in attending a Star Trek Mission New York. Yeah, I'd go back. It was, it was worth my time. I, I had a good time. Uh, I, yeah, I would absolutely go back. I I I, I had a, a great big fun time at Mission New York. And plus, we got to see uh, naked women painted up in Times Square. That's right. That's right. Well, and don't forget flying midget strippers. Oh, yes. The flying don't midget for- strippers. Yes. Do not forget the flying midget strippers, Paul. They fly right into your lap. Yes, yes. And if you are not familiar with that story, um, <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, go to IO- IOM Geek. Well, actually, no, just go to the YouTube channel. Go to YouTube.com slash Ideology of Madness. There is a playlist out there with our Star Trek Discovery videos where we, we, we talk about the flying midget strippers. It was it was fun. We, we didn't see them. We didn't see them. Yeah. We but, just heard about them. We just heard about them and, and, and their flying um, prowess. But, you know, I did kind of uh, bury the lead there in, in our did. conversation by but, saying that Star Trek Discovery is coming back for a second season. You buried the lead alive, Paul. Alive. <laughs> I buried it alive. It, 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 it's still <laughs> kicking and screaming. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the subscriptions were successful enough that CBS decided to renew it for a second year. And, you know, I, I think there were a lot of us who were wondering, will they really pick it up? Will they, will they give it a second season? Is it doing what CBS hoped it would do? And apparently that's the case. I mean, they, they've announced it before the conclusion of the first chapter, right? Mm-hmm. You know, during the, these, what, first eight, nine episodes that uh, we're going to get before the holiday break. Um, I think that's rather significant that they didn't wait, that they went ahead and announced it now. Yeah, it, it so demonstrates too. a lot of confidence in the show. Well, and I think it's here's the thing. I think they have to announce it in order to ensure that the actors are available and uh-huh. have enough lead time to to produce a second season to avoid delays. Right. right. Um, however, I do think it is a bit a premature uh, to to have announced a second season, given um, the you know, we're all still in our a lot of us are still in our free month. Right. On uh, CBS All Access, I will pay the six dollars to, to get through November, but um, then I'm canceling, and then I'll restart right. it when it starts back up. And I think what what I think they would um, be smarter to wait until the uh, to see how many people sign up after the break. But that's just me. I yeah. you know I I'm not in the business of of making television shows. It just seems to me a bit premature. However, I am. Um, we'll, we'll we'll talk more about my thoughts on whether I think uh, coming back for a second season is good or not, because it's going to depend on what I thought of episode six. (laughs) 
So you want to talk about episode six, Lethe? Uh, yes. And so I uh, I don't know how it's pronounced. Um, it's pronounced Lethe. Is it really? I looked it up. Oh. I looked it up. I did. I, Paul, I did actual research. You did not do research. You didn't I even did. look up the price of your start, <laughs> your box. Well, that wasn't on the on the uh, uh, outline. Fair, this is. fair, fair. And I, I and I'd like to point out, used company time to do it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before we even get into the uh, episode itself, Leafy, um, yeah. I will mention at the beginning of the episode, you see Tilly, uh, the roommate of Michael Burnham. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and 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 Michael running down uh, the corridors of the Discovery, kind of going for a jog, in their uh, disco shirts, in in their disco shirts, which are available on shop.startrek.com. And Aaron, full disclosure, I ordered one of those son bitches. Of course you did, Paul. I totally did. You running bastard, you. I am going to wear the hell out of that shirt when I go running. <laughs> my disco shirt. Now, I'm a little disappointed because it's a pre-order. Um, so it, it doesn't, I won't be able to, it, it doesn't ship until November 3rd. Um, right. But, it, you know, and I, I do have a, a Halloween themed run coming up this weekend that I would have worn it uh, for anyone who, who, you know, is a Star Trek fan. But, um, you know, nonetheless, I, I will certainly wear it when it comes in. I, I As soon as I saw the shirt, I'm like, okay, okay, I like that <laughs> shirt. I need that damn shirt. So, um, yeah, they, they are already on sale on uh, shop.startrek.com, the official Star Trek site. It's not like you're going to Etsy. Right. All right. So Leafy, uh, Leafy. episode six, um, you know, so at, at the end of episode five, uh, we kind of ended the um, telegrade, telegrade. What is it? the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the creature tardigrade that, tardigrade, the, the, the water bear. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. tardigrade um, storyline kind of ended in the last episode. We have now started kind of, uh, you know, obviously continuing threads, but uh, a new plot line has, has kind of emerged in, in episode six. Uh, this one very uh, focused on Michael's connection with Sarek. Yeah. So Lethe is a, it comes from the Greek and uh, is a river in Hades. And the, 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 this river in Hades, if you were to be touched by or consume the water causes forgetful, forgetfulness or oblivion and thus the tie-in to this episode forgetfulness and oblivion so paul do you remember the episode i do (laughs) (laughs) so uh you're 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 absolutely right The the show starts with you know tilly and michael burnham running through the halls um, you know, you'd think you'd see more of that on Star, Star, Star Trek shows, you know, people doing their exercise running through the hallways, you know, as opposed to, you know, consuming resources in a, in a hollow deck or something. But, uh, you know, you never saw that in the original series because those people were just naturally fit, Paul. They had better genes, right? Yeah. They just, they just naturally fit. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, Michael Burnham, you know, she's out there, she's pushing Tilly. Tilly's about worn out. And, uh, you know, she's telling you, you got to add six seconds to your time. 6.52 seconds, I think she says. Remove 6.52 seconds yeah, from your time. That's right. Sorry, not add. Add is wrong. Add is the wrong way to go. You got to shave 6.52 seconds from your time. If you want to be a captain, you, 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 you pasty faced redhead. I may have added the pasty faced redhead. Maybe. <laughs> So, you know, uh, we get to spend some time with, uh, you know, uh, Lieutenant Tyler, I believe is his name, who is the fella who is in uh, in in Klingon prison with uh, Captain Lorca. And, you know, we, we get to spend some time with him on the shooting range. And, you know, he's he's a he's a dead shot. You know, he, he's a really good shot. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
whoa, whoa. What do you mean shooting range? I want to. I, the, the internet has blown up this week with people upset that Captain Lorca uh-huh. and Commander Tyler. What? What? L- Commander? Lieutenant Commander? Captain. I think he's. I, I think he's Lieutenant Tyler. Lieutenant Tyler. Lieutenant yeah. Tyler and, and Captain Lorca were were shooting Klingons on a holodeck. Yeah, yeah. But you know, Paul, Paul, Paul. Yes, sir. You have to pick your battles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I mean, you just have to pick you your do, battles. You do. And, and, and you know, and people are saying, well, if you watch the Star Trek animated series, they did technically have a holodeck in that. So that's, that's correct. And here's the thing. You know, none. they didn't really interact with any of those uh, hollow characters. It was really more of, you know, like playing Doom. Right. It was more of a first person shooter kind of thing. Um, I think, you know. I think a lot of the holodeck technology is the the AI associated with the holograms. Fair, fair. Yeah. And, they and, the have, and the guns were like part of the simulation. It's not like exactly. you know the guns didn't disappear like a holodeck thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was like going and playing laser tag. Yeah. But or or phaser tag. Um, Bam. I'm just gonna... <laughs> um, I, I I my my threat ganglia went up. Uh, when I saw that, when, when that scene came on, but I was like, eh, I'm so exhausted about being angry about things on Star Trek <laughs> Discovery that I, I just let it go. Just let it go. You know, I'm going to hold on to my, you're doing Klingons wrong. Cause I, I'm, I'm, that is the, that is the hill I'm going to die on Paul, but, uh, I'm not, I'm not willing to, uh, plant the flag over on, uh, you know, holodeck hill. Just not willing to do it. <laughs> the battle of holodeck hill. <laughs> just not, just not going to do it. Just not gonna do it. But you know, we we get to see, you know, Tyler and Lorca. I mean, this is a bromance brewing, right? These yeah. two guys get each other. Um, now I, I know that the internet's a brewing with, you know, we think L- Lieutenant Tyler is probably some sort of Klingon secret agent. Maybe he's like that that Klingon in uh uh you know the 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 trouble with tribbles, where you know he has been surgically altered to be human, right? Mm. You know, maybe it's that kind of thing. I don't know. I don't know. A lot of people are thinking that that's what it is, and yeah. that, that it's the the white Klingon that was introduced in the first episode, surgically altered. Yeah. Um, I, I I here's the thing. While I would certainly be okay with that's the twist, um, I, I don't buy it. I think he's too human. No, that's that's my thing as well. That's why I, 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 he he seems to be too intuitive as a human. I mean, now maybe he is a human who's just been twisted by the Klingons. I'd buy that. I'd buy that. But it seems far too intuitive uh, if they're playing straight, far too intuitive to be a, a, a Klingon wearing, you know, human disguise. So, uh, but you know, I kind kind of like Lieutenant Tyler. I think that's the point. You're supposed to like him. I kind of like him. I kind of like him. I, uh, and so, you know, he meets Michael Burnham for the first time. Oh, and I'd like to point out he has not yet met Saru. So we haven't seen Saru's th- threat, threat ganglio. Yeah. yeah. And saying ganglia is hard. Um, <laughs> we haven't seen how he responds to Lieutenant Tyler. But, uh, you know, so we see we, we see him and Burnham meet and Burnham's immediately crumples over because from the cold open, we see Sarek, uh, you know, the victim of a bombing perpetrated by the logic league or whatever those guys are called. Um, and you know, he has a suicide bomber there on his shuttle as he's zipping through some dangerous nebula. I mean, cause obviously you want to go through the dangerous nebula. Duh. 
How, how are we going to get there? Well, first, we're going to cut through the dangerous nebula where we can't get a signal out and uh, where the radiation is bad for everything. But no, that's how we're going to go. So, you know, when I'm plotting my course, Paul, through the dangerous nebula. Um, <laughs> so, danger you know, zone. so we get a, a tie in back to that Star Trek Discovery novel that I was telling you about last week, Paul, because in desperate hours, we learned that that Sarek melded with young Michael Burnham when she was very young and had uh, fallen victim to a, a uh, terrorist bombing. She had died. Sarek pushed his Katra into her, essentially leaving a Katric fragment, a piece of his Vulcan soul, which uh, started her healing and brought her back to life. Very exciting stuff. Now, and so, now you, as a Star Trek aficionado... Is, is has this kind of um, has this been established? In, well, the Katra is a thing. The Katra okay. is a thing because keep in mind when Spock died in Star Trek Two, in Star Trek Three, his body had been reanimated by the Genesis effect on the Genesis planet, right? But his his soul wasn't there, Paul, because his soul had been placed into Doctor McCoy right before he went into the uh, to the you know fusion chamber to fix the warp crystals, right? And so you know he 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 did the Vulcan mind meld and said, "Remember." And then that kind of messed with McCoy's head, and all through Star Trek Three, he's acting a little Vulcan. Yeah, little yeah, Spock. yeah. Night. Okay. Okay. So they get him back to Vulcan at the end of the movie, and they take the Katra, his Vulcan soul, Paul. And move it from McCoy back to Spock. So there we have established Katra. They also touch on Katra again, the Vulcan Katra, uh, in the episodes of Star Trek Enterprise. So it is a thing. No one's ever left their Katric fragment in somebody before. But I, I think it's a it's a logical, if I can use the word, extension of the uh, the Katra storyline. So yeah, no, I don't have a problem with that at all. I think that's very Star Trek. What I do have a problem with, Paul is how terrible James Frayne plays the part of Sarek. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, he's, my he's God. so I, bad at it. I hate him. <laughs> I'm sure James Frayne's a, a wonderful person, but he is a terrible Sarek. He is a terrible Sarek. You know, you know I, I said before he brings none of the gravitas that Mark Leonard brought to the, uh, to the part or to the fellow who played Sarek in the 2009 movies. But uh, he's terrible. I mean, he's just emotion all over the place, and that's not Sarek. Uh, and I would like to take a break. This is the first time we've seen Spock's mom, you know, Michael Burnham's foster mother. Yes. Uh, uh, Amanda Grayson on the show played by uh, – hold on just a second. I've got that right here because what I, what did he do? He did research. Research. Played Mia by Kushner. Mia, Mia Kushner. And I was like, God, I, I know Mia Kushner from somewhere. She was on The L Word. She played that slutty Jenny Schlichter uh, on she The L Word. also in The Crow, City of Angels. Was she really? I never saw City of Angels. Uh, you didn't miss anything. Yeah. Well, I I, I got to tell you, <laughs> I was watching her, and I'm a big – I love Amanda from, from the original series and Star Trek IV, uh, played by Jane Wyatt. I mean, she's the, – the woman – the actress is herself is just – so classy. You know, she did movies back in the 30s and 40s and did TV from the 50s on through the 70s. And she was just such a class act. And I loved her as Sarek's, you know, wife, uh, Amanda, in the original series and even voiced it on the uh, animated series. Uh, I just this this just like James Frayne, I don't feel like the same level of class was brought to the role. 
I, you know, I didn't get much of a vibe from her. She, uh, you know, she was only in it for a couple, she was in it multiple times, but it was reliving the same moment. So I didn't get much of a vibe off of her besides quite frankly, generic motherly figure. Um, you know, that she gave Michael the, the Alice in Wonderland book tying back to something that was shown in an earlier episode. I, I didn't get much of a vibe off her one way or the other. And I, I like Mia Kushner or Kirshner, so no real so, problem with the actress. But James Frain, I agree with you. Oh, God, he's terrible. And so coming back to the name of the show, Lethe, Forgetfulness, Oblivion, we 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 learn that the I, I that maybe Sarek perhaps had forgotten or had wanted to forget the thing, the horrible, terrible thing he did to Michael Burnham that day that they're reliving in his Kotrick nightmare. Uh, and that is, you know, it's graduation day and and she has she has applied to participate in the elite Vulcan expeditionary group, you know, which is the the equivalent of, uh, you know, Vulcan Starfleet. And, you know, because keep in mind, back in those days, the Vulcans, there was no Vulcan serving in Starfleet. You know, Spock was the first Vulcan to serve in Starfleet. Um, so, you know, that was a, that was a big damn deal. Well, uh the administrator, you know, <clears throat> tells Sarek, well, you've raised two half-breeds, you know, your, your half-breed son who's part human, part Vulcan, and then you've raised this human to be Vulcan. We're only going to let one of them in. You choose. And, Vul- and uh, Sarek chooses Spock. Yeah. <clears throat> who, you know, later, as we see in the original series, chose not to go in to the Vulcan expeditionary group. He chose to go to Starfleet. Chose not to even go to the Vulcan Science Academy. Yeah. He went to Starfleet. So after all that, you bet on the wrong pony, Sarek. That's right. <clears throat> F you, Sarek. Stupid Sarek. Stupid James Sarek. Frame, Sarek. Stu- yeah, well, you know, if James Frame hadn't fucked it all up. That's what he does. That guy. So, <laughs> you know, the, the, this, um, what did, what did you call it, the thing that, that, that binds them? Katra? The Katric Fragment. The Katric Fragment that binds them. Um... Yeah, so the, the, a lot happens in this episode, and so not to belabor the whole the whole plot line, but basically, um, you know, Burnham realizes that Sarek is in trouble. The captain immediately launches a rescue uh, uh, to to help Sarek, and um, you know, Burnham uses her, um, you know, her her connection, her yeah, Kot- the Kotrick link, her Kotrick link, to to find, um, you know, with with the help of Tyler and Tilly, lots mm-hmm. of T's. Um, Tyler and Tilly, uh, it, to to find Sarek lost in the nebula and and guide him to safety. Um, you know, I'm not spoiling anything because you know you know Sarek is still alive, um, and so that 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 is the main plot thread. However, there is also a side thread dealing with Commander Lor- C- Captain Lorca with Admiral Corn Cornwell Corn- Cornwell Cornwell yeah. yeah. The cornhole, ha. Um, Admiral Cornwell, um, where it is established that they kind of have a friends with benefits relationship. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know, I I kept looking at her on the screen since the first time we saw her, and I'm like, who is this actress? You know, it's uh, Jane Brooke, and I'm like, I don't I don't know who this is. So I looked her up, Paul, and she's been she's a she is a guest star on tons of television. But you know what she was in, Paul? Something that's a genre appropriate. She was in Superman for the Quest for Peace. Oh my God! Is that what you yeah. recognized her from? No, couldn't uh. possibly be. <laughs> because I have, I like, like Sarek, I burned that shit out of my brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lethe, Paul. Lethe. Lethe. <laughs> 
but you know she you know they they her and um you know captain lorca have uh you know a quick a quick fling uh-huh um but you know it, it, he you know it, it's it's never really established if he was basically if he slept with her just to kind of let her guard down so that she wouldn't take the ship away from him. But she is questioning his sanity, basically. Right. Is what's well, yeah, because because, you know, she she pokes on his scars and then he's out of line for choking her out and putting a phaser in her face. Yeah. Well, while I don't understand bed, why he's uh, out you know, post coital yeah. in bed. Brother's trying to get asleep. You know, he's trying to get a sleep on and she's over there poking on his scars. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just choked her out and put a phaser in her face. I, it's, I don't know what else you'd do, really. Well, that is that is how you roll in that situation, Paul. Yep. But you know, she says, "Hey, I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get back to the shop, and uh, I'm gonna have to have you removed from from your command." And then we find out that uh, you know the peace conference, the Klingon peace conference that uh, Sarek was trying to make it to. They need to get somebody there. There's nobody else who can make it. But, and she's the only one qualified within range. So she says, OK, I'm going to leave you where you are. I'm going to go out there and talk to them Klingons. I'm going to I'm going to engineer some peace. When I come back, you're going to go on sabbatical for a while. You're going to get some help and hopefully we'll get you back to your center seat. And so she flies out to go see the Klingons. And when she gets to the Klingons, it's a double cross and they kill her guard, take her captive and word gets back to Lorca on the uh, on the discovery, and you know Saru's in the hallway going, "Hey, you know they 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 got the admiral. We need to go get her. I'm you know I'm preparing." And he says, "No, no, no. We're we're we'll, we'll let Starfleet tell us what they want to do. It's probably best that we not put the ship at risk." When he just put the ship at risk to go rescue rescue Sarek, and in, in not too dissimilar circumstances. Yeah, yeah. So, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. That Captain Lorca. Yeah. I see a lot of Jean-Luc Picard in him. Yeah, he, he's a good captain. <laughs> he takes care of his people. You know, oh, yeah. I, here's the thing. I actually find that um, I am liking the character of Lorca more and more in every episode. I, I like him a lot. I do. I, 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 You know, this episode in particular, I found him to be much more human mm-hmm. than what we've seen previously. Not just human, and, but can he's I not just, a good guy. That's the thing. Can I just say, can I just say, Paul, mm-hmm. that of all the captains we've ever had in Star Trek, his is the most impressive chest. <laughs> Fair. We get to see, we get to see him bare chested. He is, he has got the most manly, robust chest of any of the Star Trek captains. I, you know, including Kirk. I mean, Kirk was always just so shaved and oily. I mean, he, he was kind of, you know, greased up like a boy that they let into your, your sleeping role. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, 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 I was rather impressed with his uh, out of shirt physique. That was uh wow. Lorca. He's been he's been hitting the gym. Yeah. 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 Well, and, you know, so I, 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 I'm, I'm finding myself impressed with him, um, you know, with the complexity of him. Is he genuinely an evil guy you know this is the second episode we have seen end with um a character staring into a reflection of themselves and you know jonathan frakes has already said that uh when i I believe his episode that he's directing and i don't know if it's in this first half or the second half of the first season does involve the mirror universe in some form or fashion so they may just be setting up um the mirror universe coming into play right but they they certainly are not you know, subtle about their, their reflection. Um, you know, what's the, the, the kind of the, the reflection thing they're going with. Right. Theme. Yeah. 
But I, I, you know, so we're talking about specific story beats, but I will say on an overall basis, um, I I thought this was not as good as the previous episode, episode five. Um, I would agree. However, and I think that part of that was quite frankly, the, the main, the main story thread I was, I was less interested in, um, the Sarek stuff. And perhaps, I don't know if it was a result of James Frain or this whole Cantric, Contric, Cotric, Cotric. Fragment, Kotrick fragment, uh, <laughs> threat line, um, that 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 just felt a little hokey to me. Uh, I'm not a big fan of this like dream sequence stuff, um, but I, but outside of that, I enjoyed everything about the episode. Well, I gotta say, I enjoyed the story of this episode. There are things about the episode that again drive me crazy, and and you you know that's going to be true. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and James Frain being one of them, um, the characters. Uh, Lieutenant Tyler strikes a very intimate connection with Michael Burnham on the shuttle when he's helping her problem solve. And it just seemed like he hadn't earned that yet. I also felt like we got a lot more of Michael Burnham coming out of her shell, which I appreciated. It was nice to see her communicate as a human being and not just scowl from the side of the deck, right? Yeah. Um, But I also didn't feel like Tyler had earned that. Um, and, you know, maybe they'll maybe they'll develop that more, you know, if, if it's just attraction that brought her out. But, you know, she's she's supposed to be more Vulcan than a Vulcan. And she and she revealed so much about herself to a casual acquaintance. Yeah. Uh, and so I had a, I had a problem with that. But that said, I, I did enjoy this episode again, not as good as episode five, but I thought it was strong. Um, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed some of the background pieces on Vulcan. I got tired of how inceptiony it was. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, for crying out loud, you know, and I if you're going to show me a Vulcan using their martial arts to whoop on somebody, I really want to see that person get hurt, <laughs> you know, because yeah. they are super strong. Um, and I got to tell you, James Frain wasn't convincing me that he had the abilities that he was supposed to be demonstrating. Again, I think he's a spectacularly poor choice of an actor for this role. I don't know. I don't know what sold them on James Frain other than maybe they had a coupon <laughs> coupon, you know, <laughs> so I, I, I didn't I, 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 I can tell you right now I'm not going to like most of what happens with Sarek in this show because I just James Frain just bugs the shit out of me. But yeah. overall, I like the episode. I did, too. And I, I, I will say, you know, even though I, I I've said um that episode five was better. The show is getting better and better. It's getting, it's getting consistently good, um, which, which I appreciate. And I, I, I I like the growth of the characters. I do like that. Michael is, I I think she eased up a bit too much in this episode to your point, especially with Tyler. Uh, But I think one of two things are happening. One, I'm glad they're humanizing Michael, but two, I also think they're maybe over humanizing Tyler uh, because they're, they're rushing towards a a plot. I think a betrayal there. And maybe we're all, anticipating a betrayal and one won't happen i mean the guy is in cast photos he is you know listed on imdb yeah. as in all 15 episodes so maybe you know this is just um conspiracy theories but uh then i don't know i think that guy's uh that guy's shifty he's just too good he's or i mean he just he just popped up in the last episode he's oh, no, already I, being yeah. put on the bridge as security um captain you know, it, it this Lorca guy, this, this Captain Lorca, just playing loose and fast with the rules. <laughs> it's it's going to come back and bite him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so 
Go ahead. We we are recording this episode on New Comic Book Day on October twenty fifth, two thousand seventeen. It's New Comic Book Day, Paul, and coming it came out today. Star Trek Boldly Go number thirteen launching a brand new uh, story arc in the the Kelvin universe. Um, it is in, it is entitled Edict or Infinite Diversity and Infinite Combinations. It's a a Vulcan uh, ideology, and this story is telling a number of different alternate universes uh, involving our Star Trek characters. So one, and they're all coming together. So it's not it's not uh, short stories. These are all all realities that are kind of converging within the Star Trek universe. And so I won't spoil anything other than to say you're going to see some takes on the characters that you've never seen before. And, uh, you know, since it is New Comic Book Day, I don't want to spoil anything. And Paul hasn't read it yet. But I recommend it. I, I read it right when I got home tonight. And uh, it is super entertaining. Hmm. Well, I had promised to read the uh, the comic in, in time for this week's episode, but I lied. But as we know, Paul is a shallow vessel in which you should not store your hopes. So. Or perhaps I just forgot. Leafy, Aaron. <laughs> Leafy. In keeping with the show's theme, Leafy. 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 So, you know, if uh, you have a question, comment, concern, want to weigh in on the big conversation around captain's chests, Give us a call, 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll win a coveted, valuable, Ideology of Madness surprise. Paul? Yes, sir. Always a pleasure talking Star Trek with you. Usually. (laughs) Catch you guys later. I'm going to go pour a tub for us, Paul. Star Trek with Aaron and Polly is a production of IOMGeek.com. Have a question or comment? Hailing frequencies are open at 972-763-5903. Tribble wrangling provided by Triskelion Trays. No troublesome tribbles. Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers, conveniently located on the promenade. 